from runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 571, The Intranet in 2018 with Susan Hanley. Recorded Monday, January 8th, 2018. Run As Radio is produced each week by Pwop Productions, providing professional media and podcasting services online at pwop.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Thank you, Brandon. This is Richard Cabell, and thanks for listening to Run As Radio. My guest today is Susan Hanley, who is a business analyst and information architect specializing in the people side of intranet and collaborative solutions. She is a Microsoft Office Servers and Services MVP and the co-author of the Essential SharePoint book series. Sue's areas of expertise include knowledge management, information architecture, collaboration, and intranet strategy, user adoption, governance, and business value metrics. Immediately prior to establishing her own consultant practice, Sue led the portals, collaboration, and content management practice for Dell Professional Services, and you can follow her on Twitter and on her Essential SharePoint blog for Computer World. Welcome, and I'm a little embarrassed you haven't been on the show before because you've been doing this for a while. Uh, Well, uh, thank you very much for inviting me now, so better late than never. Absolutely, and I do like your thinking approach to this, how do we share information within the organization? It's almost librarian-like that you, you need to think about how you organize information, what's important in the organization, all of those things. Well, you know, a lot of information architects started their careers in library science. Mm-hmm. A lot of library science programs have been rebranded as information science schools. So yeah, I think a lot of at least the organization part of information architecture definitely has its roots in the library even search for that matter. I mean, why would you organize except to be able to find something later on? It, and it's one of those quote unquote trivial things. I mean, I'm referencing search here that is incredibly hard to do well. Yeah, actually, I think that unfortunately, most organizations spend very little time focused on search. When I talk about information architecture and in presentations, I talk about how everybody says they want their search to be just like Google. Right. And then I talk about how many people Google has invested in search. And I say, how many people do you have in your organization focused (laughs) full-time on search? And then I show a picture of an empty cubicle. Yeah, it's exactly none, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Back in the early days of the intranet, Google made an appliance you could buy. It It was a little pizza box that was supposedly supposed to index everything. It ultimately went away. Yeah. But, you know, that was back when they were trying to sell this idea that there was a product that could give you Google to your organization. Yeah, it didn't go away very long ago. It was only a couple of years ago when the Google search appliance stopped being around. That's too bad. Because at least it felt you felt like you bought something then, right? Um, yeah, except for the reason I think it went away is because it just didn't work. Yeah, well, that's a minor detail, isn't it? So remember, there's a, you know, there's a reason why Google works. They have more than 72,000 employees dedicated to making search work well. Wow. And because we all use it, there are 3.5 billion searches per day that help evolve the search interface. So when you think about that, we don't have that kind of data to use to no. optimize our search on our own intranet. So the model of the page ranking model, which is fundamentally at the core of a lot of Google initially, that really wasn't going to be helpful 
connecting content inside the enterprise. And not to get off on an SEO discussion, although, you know, I always press against the edge of this. You know, the, the SEO folks will always tell you it's how many pages link back to your page, right. how, all of those kinds of metrics, which I don't know that they make sense. No, that's the whole point. Yeah. That whole page rank thing doesn't matter inside the yeah. organization. So. so you want it to work like Google, except that it cannot work like Google. Not quite in the same way. When people say that to me, I think what they're really saying is I want search to work. Right. I want to feel like when I search for something, I get accurate content. Mm -hmm. And the challenge we have on intranets is that the reason search doesn't work isn't because our search engine is terrible. It's because our content management is terrible. <laughs> in other words, search finds everything. Right. And everything includes that version of the document that you published in 2002 sure. and never got off. Or it finds nothing. Really, there's nothing in between. Yeah, that's right. You either find everything or absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. That's I'd be equally as frustrating to type in a keyword you know should be important and just get nothing. Right. So, what's the solution? I, I mean, we're, we're supposed to talk about broadly about intranets, but I don't know that we can get away from search because I think it's the magic, if the magic thing that would take people to your intranet every time internally is that they can find their stuff. Right. So, you know, you can't find anything if it's not there. Right. So, fundamentally, the big question you have to ask yourself when it comes to your intranet is, who are our users? Who's our audience? And what do they need right. to get their jobs done? And very often, we don't think about the who it's for concept when we create an intranet. One of the reasons many of them suck is that people just throw content on the intranet because it's something they think they need to tell, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. except for the real issue is not what you want to tell me. It's what are my top 10 things that I need to do. And while what you want to tell me might be important to me in some contexts, it's really what I need, the services I need to get from you, the forms I need to fill out, the activities I need to complete. That's what makes me successful as a user. And when I can do those things on the internet, in other words, when the internet serves the purpose of me getting my work done, I'm going to stop complaining right? because right. I'll get, you know, I can find and get done what I need to get done. It's not something that I use because I have to. It's something that I use because it helps me get my job done. It gives me the information I need. So it could be, once it's the fastest route to a solution. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's got the content I need, it has all the information and resources I need, and it connects me to the people who might be able to help me. Interesting. Because, you know, the neat thing about an organization is it's just, you can only really use the internet to find documents and content that's already there. But what's really happening in the organization is happening in people's heads mm -hmm. while they're working and learning and acting. And one of the things that a modern internet needs to do it needs to help me find the people who can then either help me find the content or help me answer a question so that I can move on and get what I need to get done. So creating these sort of moments of engagement by connecting people to people, either using sort of the social network kind of tools inside the organization or just searching by topic and in not just finding content, but also finding people who have either written about that topic or are currently working in a department that is focused on that topic, or maybe even have that topic 
in their bio, but it's not something they're using every day. Sure. Like they have a skill that I could really take advantage of, but they're not in a role that uses that skill in the job today, but they can still help me find that out. And it's actually kind of a really good opportunity to tap in to that unidentified knowledge inside your organization. And it's funny how some of those topics are kind of emergent. That is not what your boss told you you'd be doing or that <laughs> that is the you know mission statement of the company. It's just something we end up doing a fair bit and it's an important topic in the organization. Right. Well, if I can make those connections, I have those opportunities to sort of make new knowledge out of old knowledge or make new knowledge out of content that I didn't even know I had to find these sort of paths where we can create something new, different, or expand on what we already had. Now, I suddenly channel my old internet self that says, we want to build a kind of Alta Vista-like hierarchy of all of our data then to be able to find things. Yeah, I think that an internet is something that I would explore linearly. Right. And that's not really true. I mean, most intranets today are really a network of resources, mm-hmm. ideally connected in a whole variety of ways. So, you know, I sort of think there's three really great use cases where you want to be able to find content in the internet, and none of them depends on a hierarchy. One scenario is I know the content exists and I know exactly where it is. Right. That actually depends on navigation, which doesn't have to be hierarchical. It just has to be a way that makes sense to me, some intuitive model. The second is I know it exists, but I don't know where it is. Well, that's where search comes into play. Right. So I should be able to search and find it. And then the third scenario is I don't even know if we have anything on this, (laughs) but I know that the internet's been helpful to me in the past. So I'm just going to search and see if we do. That actually doesn't depend on a hierarchy at all either. It just depends on having a concept or a keyword or a word somewhere in the content. Hmm. So it's not really about a hierarchy or directory. It's about making sure that all the information is labeled in a way that is useful to the search engine, that is connected in a browse scenario, because the truth of the matter is about 90% of the people come to the internet and expect to be able to browse, Yeah. even if that's not what they would do if they went to the internet. But because we have this long history of not trusting search on our intranets, people are very much in the habit of browsing. And so what our job as an information architect really is, is to make sure that the quality of our content and our metadata and what we've got available and the services we provide are really good. And we've got a great content management back end to make sure that the old crap gets taken out, that there's no you know, rotten content, redundant, outdated, or trivial. We have a process to get rid of it. And then we can start seeing some really major outcome changes. So what are the tools for, for search and for organizing information, for, for doing up that, that metadata markup? What's the right way to go about that? Well, you know, I live in the space of SharePoint. Mm-hmm. So I would argue that the Office 365 search is really outstanding. It will find anything and everything. And that's the problem. So the content management side, that's a process thing. That is a people activity. Right. Because my search engine can't tell me that this content is no longer current. Data on the document can tell me a few things, like, has it not been updated since the dawn of time? (laughs) Well, probably it needs a little updating or it's less relevant. Or was it associated with a project that we finished 25 years ago or something like that? I mean, we can obviously get some clues, but we need, along with a great search engine, which I think we have in the context of Office 365, 
I think you need a good content management plan. That's actually some, that's not so much a tool as it is a process that we have to be committed to. And there are tools that can support identifying candidates for removal. But I really believe that only the content owner knows that this is out of date. We just need to make this a little easier for people to do. That's And a lot of actually what makes it easier to remove content is organizing it in a way so that you can get a good sense of what I have. And then you can figure out what do I need to update and what do I actually need to archive or delete or maybe send to the record management tool so that it can be preserved forever or turn it into a record so it doesn't just archive because we need to do it for some kind of compliance purpose, but we don't want it to show up in search. Certainly email has this system. And I can't tell you the number of people I know store stuff in email inappropriately that we do have archiving mechanisms and search mechanisms and so forth. It's just that they're isolating. And the problem with most email is that people keep it, Mm -hmm. which completely violates all their records management rules. And in fact, they shouldn't be keeping it, should be deleted based on whatever the retention schedule is. So keeping email could be as bad as deleting it. Sure. If you have a records policy that says you're supposed to delete it and you don't follow that policy, that puts you in a litigation nightmare. Oh, yeah. No, it's not a non-trivial risk. And I haven't done a show around the litigation on email but recently anyway, not for years, but it's certainly huge. But again, you get into that situation of there's stuff in the intranet, there's stuff in my inbox, yep. and, and the two don't really cross over all that well. Yeah, although there are ways, um, one of the ways I think we're kind of trying to minimize what ends up in email by using tools like Microsoft Teams, which mm-hmm. allows us to have conversations in chat, and Office 365 Groups, which allows us to have sort of shared conversations in email so that we have a place where they exist in the context of the project. So we have a better shot at keeping it out of private email yeah. and therefore you know, running the risk of having content in places where it shouldn't be. So I think we've got some really good ways ways now to sort of manage some of the information. We need to sort of enable the processes in our organization and make sure people are aware of what they should and shouldn't be doing when it comes to retaining content. And I'm sure the same applies to the attachments in email that we don't want a hundred different versions of the same file. I have a rule. No email attachments inside the organization. You should be sending a link to the one and only one authoritative place where that documents exist. And that, the holy grail of minimizing what I call versionitis, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, dot V1, dot V2, dot V3, dot final, dot really final, dot this time I mean it, dot <laughs> final, final, <laughs> underscore SH comments. Right. The way to eliminate that productivity sink, you know, God forbid you're the person consolidating all that document, mm-hmm. is to really hold each other accountable for no email attachments. That helps from a records management and a compliance perspective. And it also helps from a productivity perspective because we're all editing in one place. That's awesome. Uh, Susie, give me one moment here to pay the bills. Most companies say they're sticking with domain-joined Windows 7 and Windows 10's machines for the foreseeable future. That means on-premises Active Directory, Group Policy, and SCOM are still the best ways to manage your users and computers' look and feel and security settings. Continue to leverage what you already have by adding Policy Pack on-prem. Policy Pack gives on-prem administrators amazing superpowers like delivering and locking down settings for Firefox, Flash, Java, Internet Explorer, and more. Remove local admin rights and elevate applications as necessary and craft Windows 10 start screen and taskbar instead of just leaving it as the jumbled mess it is. See what Policy Pack can do for you. Come to policypack.com, see what you're missing, and start your free trial. Policy Pack. 
securing your standards. And you're listening to Run As Radio. I'm your host, Richard Campbell, here with Susan Hanley. We're talking about the modern intranet, but it sure sounds to me like the modern intranet has got the cloud involved, that the best way to do this now is the Office 365, the Teams. We haven't talked about it, but Delve, is that relevant in this conversation? Sure. So Delve was the first of the applications built on top of the Microsoft Graph. Mm -hmm. It was a way of exposing sort of connections that you didn't even know exist. I usually say that, you know, sometimes Delve is like serendipitous discovery Mm -hmm. of people and documents and things that you wouldn't or couldn't have known about or wouldn't have known about unless you spent hours and hours searching. It's like search without having to search. Right. Years ago, when I first started in the knowledge management space, we had this dream. This was my dream. I was working for a consulting firm. And my dream was I'm about to start writing a document. And it's about creating a strategy for a financial institution. And as I start typing, some documents start popping up in the bottom of my screen saying, hey, it sounds like you're writing about financial institution strategies. Mm -hmm. Perhaps you might want to start with one of this, 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 or this kind of thing. And effectively, that's what sort of the modern search experience in Office 365 does for us. That's kind of what Delve is doing as well. Well, You don't even have to start searching, and it's going to start suggesting content to you based on who you last talked to, what you've been working on who you've been emailing, what the people in your network have been doing, sort of a way of helping you be more productive without having to take an action, which I think is pretty cool. Because the other angle on this, as as I think about it, is when given a mission like that, step one is go search to see who's already worked on this, who's already talked about this, what has come before. That actually, to me, is almost an organizational culture thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've had this conversation with clients a lot. If your culture rewards and recognizes only innovation, but not reuse, then you're going to have a hard time instituting any kind of a tool, process, or technology that is going to ask people to start first with what we might have done. Like we used to say that at our firm that we needed to change the fact that our people were super great and they would break down walls before they would check if there was a perfectly good door. <laughs> and our you know, and our big cultural shift goal was to say, look, step one is, is there a door? Yeah. You don't need to break down the wall. Technology isn't going to solve that. That's a lot about how you recognize and reward people sure. in the organization. It's about this, the process you go through to kick off a new project. Sure, like what you just said, that's logical to me. Right. And I would never start anything from scratch without starting to say, hey, have I ever done this before? And can mm-hmm. I start with a pre-existing model? Yeah. But that isn't always how organizations encourage people to work. And a lot of that is because of how they recognize and reward people. Yeah, no, I totally get that. That if an organization only values original creation and, and wraps it in a banner like innovation, right? You know, which is a way to excuse the fact that you ignore all history and go from scratch, then you really don't need to curate and library anything. Because the moment it's created and you've gotten your reward, the bonus or the promotion or whatever, you couldn't care less about that. If they ask you that question next week, start it over again. So basically being successful with your intranet and being successful with your knowledge management initiatives, it can't just be about technology. Right. It really also has to be about people and organizational culture and the processes uh, that you use in almost every aspect of your work. 
And it's only when all of those things line together that, that things really work. You, you mean governance, don't you? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, people process and technology, I like to say. <laughs> I really mean sort of thinking through yeah. all of the holy grail of knowledge management. Because, you know, sort of at the end of the day, that's what we're really trying to do. We're trying to not reinvent the wheel, to leverage the knowledge that we have in the organization so we can do better, more engaging, more interesting, more productive, advanced our knowledge to create better things for our customers and our clients and our partners to make sure that we're, you know, sort of taking advantage of what we know to build something new. Right. And I think it's very interesting. It got to be interesting for you as a consultant to have someone come at you saying, I want you to build a content management system for us. And you to sort of acknowledge nobody's going to use it as long as there's no rewards for finding things. So, you know, I sort of am in the SharePoint space, I'm kind of known for IA and governance. And when I get asked to do a governance plan, I always say, can I also attack the IA? Because you can't really do one without the other. And when I'm asked to focus on an information architecture, I often say, hey, look, if we don't have any governance to maintain this, we're like SOL, nothing. All of this great organizational framework will have no way to sustain itself. Mm -hmm, You mm -hmm. know, all of the initial enthusiasm about, oh, we need this new internet, we need things to be findable. If we don't have something in place that says, hey, content owners, you have some accountability here. Sure. And hey, everybody in the organization, if you find crap, you have a responsibility to tell the accountable person, Mm -hmm. hey, you, you got crap here. You got to delete it. Yeah. We have to be all in on this. So I always like to say, I can't build an internet for an organization. I can only do it with. Right. But often you get the request. Where are they coming from if they haven't got their culture squared away when they think they need a content management system? What, what's the initial impetus? Uh, you know, I think it depends. <laughs> sometimes it's a new version of SharePoint. Mm. <laughs> and that sometimes brings, uh, you know, people say, oh my God, we, uh, what we have today is impossible. We want to move to a new version, but we want to do it right this yeah. time. I've also seen organizations where have gone through litigation and done a discovery process that was incredibly arduous and said, we just need to organize better. Well, that actually, you hope that we don't have to get to that. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. yes, if someone has gone through an e-discovery process and realized how much money it costs, how much time is involved, and that, oh, by the way, if they'd only been following their own plan... They wouldn't have had all that content right. to discover. Yeah. That's a good time to figure <laughs> out how to stop the madness as well. Yeah, no, it's definitely a motivator. And it's like, this is a preventative thing. If you get on top of this before the crisis, everybody's life's going to be easier. It's just often hard to get budget and energy around something that hasn't happened. Right. I mean, that is really the dilemma. The challenge is uh, you don't want to be a number 11 on the top 10 hit list yes. when it comes to the projects. <laughs> so if I always say that if, if you really want to be successful in these kind of squishy projects like internet or knowledge management, you need to make sure that everything that you do is aligned with the big rocks of the organization. Right. Like every organization has a major initiatives, big rocks that they want to accomplish in the next year or the next three to five years. What we do in internet, how we prioritize the myriad of things that we could be doing should be what helps us achieve those business end goals. And that's what we focus on. It has to be practical. It has to be tied to the business end goal. And when you can relate your initiative to the big rock, that's when you tend to not be a sideshow. You know, you're part of the main event. Main event projects get funded. Right. Yeah, of course they do. And and that's, I guess that's the challenge is actually putting forward concepts that elevate themselves to that point. In an internet as a whole, 
do you have strategies you take on to get people hanging out there besides just getting their work done? Like, how do you get this to be the first place they visit when they arrive at the office? Well, most organizations default the browser homepage to the internet so they can declare, oh, 100% adoption. Nice. <laughs> so not a good adoption metric, but it's a way to get people there. Yeah. You know, look, what drives people to an intranet is great content and an opportunity to learn and get work done. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can't say, oh, I want people to hang out there if you don't have any great content that they need to be found when they get there. So we need to create these opportunities where what we are doing on the internet is both valuable and important for everyone in the organization. So, you know, one easy way to do that is to make sure that all of the tasks that I have to complete show up when I go into the internet. So I know, oh, this is due, this training is due, this is due. You know, in other words, if the internet has information that I need, I will go there. Right. If I perceive it as a, you know, an unmaintained pile of poop, I will not go there. Yeah. No, no kidding. But does this pretty much require a curator that there's somebody's job to take care of the internet? I really hope not, to be honest with you, because if it has to be one person's job, that person is A, easily expendable and will not really have a job. Yes, should someone be overall in charge? Probably. But content management, unless it is a shared responsibility by the people who own the content mm -hmm. and have knowledge of when it needs to be updated, you can't have one person know that. Like I think when internets fail is when there's a gatekeeper required to update the information. When someone in HR knows that it's time to update the benefits plan, it should not be an act of Congress to get that information on the internet. It should be easy right. for the person who doesn't update SharePoint or whatever the tool is every day. It has to be intuitive, and they have to know where to go to get it done. If it's not obvious in the tool, then you need to have pretty good training and documentation so that they can figure it out when they need to do it. We need to make it easier for the people who know the information to get that information up to date. And so then the curation role, the overall ownership is, seems more like an IT role, that it's just somebody who is on their plate to make sure this continues to work well. Well, I don't want it to be only IT because I can always, I always tell people there's only one way I can guarantee that your internet will fail. Hmm. And that is IT's in charge. <laughs> and there's no business owner. Right. So there has to be a business owner. I mean, usually it falls into so one of a few areas, sometimes it's corporate communications, mm -hmm. because especially internal comms, and one of the great things most intranets do is provide a way to get internal uh, communication. Right. So the internal comms person, so it may be part of the comms department. Sometimes if you've got a quality department, it might be the internet might, from a business perspective, be owned by quality. And it's never, by the way, just owned by the business. It's a shared responsibility because sure. IT's got the tools and probably the people who know the ins and outs of how to use the tool, but the business has to own it. IT isn't usually that connected to what's going on so that they could be in front of opportunities. So corporate communications, knowledge management, if there's a KM department mm -hmm. or a KM organization, sometimes even HR. Yeah. I was thinking HR could end up with it yep. or it ends up underneath somebody in the CIO's office. Or the COO. I want it with the COO. I mean, yeah. CIO, maybe. Yeah. Here's what I would say. If the CIO has a seat at the table, yes. Okay. If not, no. Right. But it is. it, it ultimately has to manifest itself in the boardroom. Like, right. It's a business tool. Sure. It's not an IT tool. Not a tech tool. 
actually right. ultimately be a business tool. And so that somebody whose mind is focused on does this provide business value is the most important thing. You're right. You just use the most important word is, am I getting business value? Right. And, and I also tell people, every piece of content you put on that internet has to earn its way there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Don't just put it on because you can, because if you do that, you're probably not going to maintain it. But it, it begs the question, what is the retirement strategy then? Like, how, how do I know when something's too old? Is it only the content owner that figures that out? Well, I think we can provide some help. Mm -hmm. So date, that's a good one. Yeah. Topic. And if we organize our content, you know, every sort of space on the internet is a unit of work. If the unit of work is now over, then we know we can either archive, delete, or at least pass through our compliance department to see whether or not we can get rid of something. Sure. So I think, you know, age is a good clue, but just because something's old doesn't mean it's not useful right. anymore. I keep trying to remind my kids that. <laughs> Do you actually need to remove it or does it just need to be flagged as this is old? Here's the problem. Hmm. So I go into organizations and there are two words I hear. Every time I go into a new company, when I ask about the intranet, and those two words are search sucks. Mm -hmm. And the reason I hear those words is not because the search engine sucks, is because old content is being found. Right. So I would argue that there is probably a legit reason to get rid of a lot of content. Number one, e-discovery, because you raised that earlier. Sure. Are you sure you shouldn't delete it from a, our policy says that all content it's not on legal hold and all the, you know, whatever the business rule is, says that everything has to be deleted after X years. And it's more than X years. Honestly, it is more cost effective, more compliant, and even more productive to delete that mm -hmm. content, especially if that's what your policy says. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, if you have a policy and you follow it, you're not going to be subject to litigation issues. If you have a policy and you don't follow it, it's all up for grabs. Sure. And I think certainly for the policy perspective, that's good. I'm, I'm also thinking in terms of the main thing you don't want to do is show up and search. Right. Yeah. So you have to move it someplace. So mm -hmm. I have an organization where you're going to have to pry the content out of the CEO's cold dead hands because sure. he's not willing to get rid of anything. Yeah, hoarder. So because of that, we created a an archive site mm -hmm. and the policy is when it really should be deleted or removed, you got to move it to the archive site. Right. We don't have search turned on there. And so no one will find it in search. Right. And honestly, because there's no search, no one's really ever going to find it. Yeah. And so after a period of time, if no one's touched that content, you're probably safe deleting it. It's just like that box in your basement that you haven't opened in three years. If you needed it, you would have opened it by now. Exactly. So it's really <laughs> funny that you say that because I use a photograph of, you know, the magical art of tidying up mm -hmm. when I talk about a toolkit of approaches that you should be using when you think about your internet. You would never move to a new house and take all the crap from the old house. What first thing you're going to do is send a bunch of it to Goodwill. Right. Because why would you pay the movers to carry it to the basement of the new house? Sure. So it's a great opportunity. And what we really should be doing is following that same approach. I mean, I don't think it's going to be as we look at every piece of content and go, have you brought me joy? I mean, I don't <laughs> think that's what we're going to do. Yeah. But it's that concept of saying, look, th there's no reason to keep this. We'd be better off deleting it. Yeah. Maybe it's not joy. It's value. Right. I and mean, Maybe that is what we should be asking. Yeah. And as I said, every piece of content should earn its way on the internet because it's valuable, useful practical, meaning I think it can be maintained. So I'll give you a really good example. So I'm working with a client right now 
where someone, a really noble uh, gesture, I mean, it was like such a kind thing to do. Someone created a page for new starters that has links to local grocery stores and local gyms and um, activities you can do in the area, things like that. Mm -hmm. Basically, they recreated Yelp (laughs) on their intranet. Right. And so I looked at this page going, wow, this is really lovely. But I mean, I live in the general vicinity. These five places have closed like five years ago. Yeah. So it was such a lovely gesture. But here's the point. You, you don't need to recreate Yelp or TripAdvisor for that matter. What you might want to do is just have a link to Yelp or yeah. a link to TripAdvisor, something like that. In other words, it's not practical. And while it's such a nice gesture, that piece of content really ma- maintaining that content when you've got a million other things to do for the organization, it will never be at the top right. of the priority list. And when you think about it from that perspective, am I ever going to maintain this? Would it ever be my top priority to maintain it? Now you have to say, you know what? That piece of content didn't earn the right to be here. Sure. That makes sense. And so that we should be doing that. I got to think the bigger challenge then is figuring out when something that once had value on the site no longer has value. Yeah, and I think you're that's you've just hit the nail on the head. That's mm. why we need this whole governance process that says, you know, we should be looking at our content every six months or so so that it's not so overwhelmingly huge so that we can actually manage this task. It's as the content pile gets bigger mm-hmm. and bigger and bigger that it becomes much harder to distinguish the good stuff from the bad stuff. Yeah, so it's it, inevitably, it's, it, this is not a solution you can put in place at the beginning of anything. It's only when the pile is large enough that it even has meaning. I want the process in place from day one so that you can say to yourself, do you belong here? Right. Are you going to bring me value? Because I'm going to have to check up on you in six months because yeah. that's what our policy says. So if I'm not willing to maintain you in six months, then what I'm going to do is maybe I'll write you as a news article because all news articles expire. Sure. And so there are all kinds of ways to be helpful to your colleagues. I'll post you in Yammer because the Yammer content we know as it gets older and older and older may have less value. And so we're looking for sort of current things. I'll post it as a chat because the time value of that content, I already know in advance, it's got a three-month life cycle. Right. Now, I like this idea that you're thinking in terms of the life cycle of of a creation and you want auto-expires because everything that is an auto-expired represents an obligation to you going forward. Yeah. That's really right. cool. That's good thinking. So we should be thinking, actually, we I, we just had a conversation today on one of my projects, thinking about what do we tell people to do with documents that are related to a news article? Hmm. So Because we have to be able to keep that connection so that we can expire both the article and the document if they're no longer relevant. So my idea, number one is stop writing documents. (laughs) Create it as a page. And when the page is no longer relevant, we can delete the page. We don't have to worry about any linked to document. And so much of what we create, by the way, on intranets ends up in document form when it would be much easier to consume on a mobile device if it was just on the page. Right. So we tend to write too much. That's the other problem is could you, could you name that tune in three notes instead of three paragraphs? Yeah. And so that's the other thing we need to think about is that writing for the web is not the same as writing for print. And maybe we don't need to say so much. And if we do, then maybe we need to link to another page that has more detailed explanation. 
And if it doesn't need to be printed, I'm not so sure it needs to be a document. But if we're compensated by the fact that, you know, we show value to our organization by the number of documents we produce, we're just going to keep doing that. Well, comes right back to what we talked about a little while ago, which is it's about how we measure and recognize and reward people. Very interesting. I like that that callback. Susan, where can folks uh, find more about you and get in contact with you if they think you could help them? So Twitter-wise, I'm Susan Hanley. Mm-hmm. So just at Susan Hanley. I think I'm LinkedIn, Susan.Hanley, whatever the is. I mean, I'm my own name on LinkedIn. Right. I have a website. Guess what? It's SusanHanley.com. <laughs> Um, and there's some contact information. There's a contact page on the back of the website. But my email is sue at susanhanley.com. So I'm pretty easy to find. Awesome. Susan, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. And we'll talk to you next time on Run As Radio. Run As Radio.